Hello? Are we on the air? Welcome to the Beyond the Mind podcast, where we ask not what's in your head, but what your head is in. Prepare to be inspired. Inspired to change your environment, change your mindset, and ultimately change your life. Willpower doesn't work, people. If you truly want to move away from stress and anxiety, you have to start with your environment. With your environment. So let's go. Let's apply some positive change into your world. Happiness is loading. Is loading. Welcome to the Beyond the Mind podcast. Hello podcast world, Ian Highfield here and I am bringing you the breaking news that it is only two days, yes, just two days until the fitness challenge starts. So what is the fitness challenge? Well, we are building a community of like-minded people that want to find opportunity in the adversity of being locked down and take advantage of the gift of time and begin to exercise. So often we use not having enough time as the reason as to why we don't go to the gym or we don't get physically fit. Well, that objection has now gone and beyond the mind wants to create an environment. Because remember, willpower doesn't work. You have to change your environment. So we want to create an environment through building this online community where we will encourage and inspire each other to strive towards our fitness targets for the next 30 days. Uh, The response has been phenomenal. Um, We've been posting on social media. uh, And then in line with this, I have a guest uh, for today's show that is going to inspire anyone who's already committed and hopefully more to commit to the 30-day fitness challenge. My guest today has become a friend of mine over the last two and a half, three years. Uh, He's one of the reasons that I've really got into physical fitness, uh, or I would say rediscovered my love for for physical fitness, for being leaner, being fitter, being faster, being stronger. Um, It's his CrossFit gym that I attend. Uh, He's a CrossFit Games athlete. He's a father. He's a husband. He's a fireman. And he is an all-round awesome dude. Um, Brandon, when I've trained with him in the gym, he seems superhuman. um, But also, he is super nice, super approachable, and so passionate about helping others. So, for anyone that wants to get fitter, for anyone that's considering joining the 30-Day Challenge, for anyone that is in the 30-Day Challenge, chill out, relax... Uh, And let's listen to some advice from, ultimately, one of the fittest human beings on the planet. Uh, Let's check out the conversation I had with Brandon uh, recently at the CrossFit Bound Gym. Brandon, how are you, dude? Doing good. How are you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. Thanks for coming on. Uh, Appreciate your time. Seems kind of strange, sat in the gym, talking into a microphone. Um, Obviously... I know who you are uh, very well. Uh, we've become friends over the last two and a half, three years. Uh, but for the people that are listening, can you give them a little bit of uh, background on on your story and, and what it is that you currently do? Yeah, um, 
I don't know if it's I don't know if it's that much or that exciting. <laughs> a lot of people might not even know some of the stuff I've done. But uh, my name is Brandon Phillips. I uh, own CrossFit Bound. Prior to this, I was a strength coach and uh, PE teacher at the at a school here in Atlanta. And I was let go from that job back in 2012. That was really rough on me. And because I loved that job, I loved helping kids. I loved seeing uh, kids, you know, become successful and develop confidence. And uh, I gave myself probably about three days of mourning. This is probably going a little bit more <laughs> into uh, down the road you might not be wanting to go down. But I gave myself three days of mourning and being upset. And then I called a friend of mine and I said, hey, let's open up the gym. And so three days later, we started the process of opening up a gym. That was December 20. Eighth, probably like three days literally after Christmas and um and April 13th or April 13th I got married in 2013 and then April 15th I opened the gym that's not a good thing to do <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I married Jessica Phillips uh, she's also a uh, big time competitor and ever since prior to that let's see what do we do I qualified for the CrossFit Games as an individual four times. I qualified for the Games on our team in 2016. Uh, we've had four teams. Uh, see, we've had four teams make it to regionals. Two of them have made it to the Games. I've been to six regionals as an individual, and um, in the CrossFit world, I've also ran a 50k. I've done several triathlons. I've done several Olympic lifting meets and I've done powerlifting meets. I was a collegiate wrestler. I was, uh, and I grew up playing uh, baseball and football and wrestling from like the time I was six years old through high school. Awesome, man. So always been into fitness, always been physically I wouldn't fit. say I was always into fitness, Okay, but I just did what naturally came. Like the coaches told me to run, I ran. I didn't think of it as fitness then. But yes, I have, I guess, been into fitness my entire life. So when when did you compete in the CrossFit Games? Were you the were you teaching at the high school then, or were you? Yes, at I was CrossFit teaching. Now? I was teaching at the high school. It was two thousand nine. I started teaching in two thousand seven, and I became a wrestling coach. I was looking on the internet for some new workouts. I found some workouts these girls doing. Um, uh, uh, what's that? Nasty girls workout. And I was like, man, it looks really cool. And then I found Jim Jones, which those are the guys, that's Mark Twight, and those are the guys that uh, coached, or not coached, but uh, trained the 300 actors. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so I started following a lot of his programming, and then through my research, he got into that style of training with CrossFit originally. And so I went to a CrossFit gym. I did like a one-on-one -on -one session versus the coach, like, I guess, and I beat, beat him. him. I beat him in the workout. <laughs> And the owner was like, Hey, you should go do regionals. It's in a, it's in a couple of months down in Jacksonville. And I started playing rugby. So I just got done with that. And I really wanted to find something to be competitive in something to, to train for. So I went down and competed and qualified for the games and flew out to California. And then I went three years later after that. So Awesome, man. So you're, you're working at this high school, um, strength and conditioning coach, you're training for the CrossFit games. What does a, what does a typical day look like back then it was really nice back then because it was very structured i knew exactly what i had to do every day so i'd get up about 5 a.m we had a nice weight room i would never have guessed you were a structured guy oh I'm very structured. <laughs> but they uh i'd get up at 5 a.m i'd get up at 4 30 go to the gym train from 5 to 7 take a shower there eat my breakfast there then i would coach classes throughout the day till like three o'clock 
and then generally I was, or usually I was coaching some sport in the afternoon. If I wasn't coaching wrestling, then I was doing strength conditioning for the other uh, fall sports, or I was doing strength conditioning for the spring sports. Uh, if I had a little bit of a time between those training sessions, I would do some aerobic work. So we had like a rower there, a bike there, or an air dime, or I'd go out for a run. Then I would coach my classes, and then I would go to the gym and do weightlifting and uh, training. So I was working out two to three times a day. So my days would go from like 4.30 a.m. till 9 p.m. pretty much. And and how many years was, was that for? Or like how – yeah, how many years was it for? But then that also was, the intense phase. How long did, did that last leading up to the games? Uh, four years. Yeah, 2009, 10, 11, 12. I qualified all four of those years. I had that routine going. And then 2013, I still qualified as an individual, but I opened up my business. And we had our kid. And so there's a lot of – I'm not making excuses. The guys there that I wasn't prepared, but they just beat me. But there was a lot of more of stress and outside factors contributing yeah. to me not having my schedule back. Yeah, I could yeah. feel that not lack of confidence going into that. Well, from from putting your, your mind and your body through all this, I, I don't think it's stress, through all this competition and, and I guess the, the way I would explain it, pushing it out of homeostasis on a regular basis. What, what, what did that teach you? What, what principles do you gain from that to take into your, your everyday life? Um, let's see. For, like you said, homeostasis, like pushing myself out of it. Yeah. yeah. I think me not doing anything, that was pushing me out of homeostasis at the time. Okay. Like I was like, yeah, like I was, I really, that was like the highlights of my day was training. Like I okay. love to train back yeah. then. I still love to train now. I just don't get to do it as much, but they uh, like just sitting around waiting for my next training session. That's that gave me anxiety. Like that made me, <laughs> that made me like stressful. I love to like pushing myself being uncomfortable because that's what allows me nowadays to be able to go out and run 50 K yeah. you know, or something like that. Like I know I can go do it by the stuff I've put myself through in the past. Okay. So you know, the, the reason that, that I asked you to be on, I think it was two and a half, three years ago that, that I walked through the doors here. Um, it was Jimmy Nixon yeah. who was going to show me around. He told me to wear my gym clothes, which I thought was strange. And then he just threw me straight into a workout. So he kind of tricked me. I probably wouldn't have come if I'd have known that was the case. Do you remember the uh, workout? It was a Saturday class. It was a community oh, yeah, class. Good. So it was a good team workout. But, but what I've got to say is, I just felt like Jimmy was one of the most incredible human beings that I've met. He's, he's just an guy. unreal guy. He's and still I'm, he's still incredible. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he still is. Yeah, yeah. He 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 his energy and passion for for that for me and that one workout, I was like, okay, this is this is the place that that I want to yeah. be. Uh, and then I joined the gym and I come to my first official class and you've got 45, 50 year old women that have had three and four kids that are still working as teachers and nurses destroying me in the gym. Yeah. So the, the environment here is something super special. And, and since I've been here, um, I think I'm up to maybe 33, 34 pounds lost. Um, body fat is, is way down. Uh, I can do some of the moves that I, I couldn't do. So the reason I've got you on the podcast is you've been a big part of that. Um, it's a big part of my journey. I want to try, and it's almost impossible. I, I can't do it justice uh, 
on a podcast, but I want to try and give the people that are listening just a little taste of the energy or, or the passion that I've felt coming and, and doing CrossFit. So for the people that are listening that aren't quite getting those fitness results, maybe they're going to the gym, but they're not changing. Maybe they're scared to go to the gym. Maybe they have the advice with sugars or their diet or alcohol. What, what would you say to them? Can you give them some actionable advice that can help them sort of get on the, the track that, that you and your team at CrossFit Bound got, got me on? Um, I would say if you want change, you got you to gotta, you gotta make the change. You got to take the step forward to do that. I, I heard this uh, TED talk one time. This lady was giving an example. Like she, was, she got fired from her job. She was let go. She was going through this depression and all that kind of stuff. And then one morning she was laying in bed and she didn't want to get out of bed. She kept hitting the snooze button. Well, then one day she was like, give yourself five seconds. And she counted out for five and then got out of bed. And okay. I found that for most people that walk in the door, they've, they've had that type of revelation. Like at some point they're like, I just got to get up and I just got to go. I got to make a commitment. And a lot of people are nowadays are scared of making commitments and walking through the door, just saying, Hey, to a coach, no matter if this gym or any other gym, but it's just putting one step, putting yourself out there, to be exposed because I think a lot of times people that come into gyms, they're, they're afraid and they're afraid of being put on the spot. They're being afraid of showing something they can't do. And they think that's a bad thing. It's not a bad thing to ask for help. It's not a bad thing to want to get better at something. It, whenever you come into our gym, we look at somebody that walks through the door and that is interested and we know that they're striving to be better. So we want to be able to give that to them in some way. Because I know through physical tasks, physical accomplishments, that is going to build confidence. A lot of people like talk about like having the right mental mindset. It takes physical action to get a right mental mm. mindset, no matter what. Like if you want to have a right mental mindset in the morning, you know, doing all this other stuff, you got to take a physical action to get out of bed. And the same thing goes like walking into the gym. You want to get in the right mindset. You want to develop confidence. You want to develop some type of success in your life. You got to take physical action to make that happen. Yeah, I agree. I was, I remember one of the compelling reasons why I walked through the door. I was speaking, my speaking career had just started taking off. So I spoke in South Africa, I'd spoken in the UK, I think I'd spoken in Arizona, and I'd seen videos back of me on stage. And I'm up there talking about elite human performance, and I was fat. Yeah. <laughs> and it didn't, it, didn't, it didn't feel right to me. Yeah. So that was one of the things. And I can honestly say since I've been here and I've, I've pushed my, my body harder and harder and, and your mind, cause the, the two are synergized together, um, that I've been more efficient in all, um, all of the areas of my life. So I, I think that you're saying like, you've got to take the action, but what, what do you think when, I think it's David Goggins, he talks about maybe even just doing one push up. Yeah. Just in that day, just do one push up, and then the next day, do two. Right. And then the next day, you, you agree with with that kind of philosophy that that can help. Yeah, absolutely. It's just like I said, it's taking that action. It's taking a physical action, walking in the door, doing something. Or if you don't want to walk into a gym, like going outside, be like, all right, I'm going to walk one lap around my neighborhood, and then tomorrow you walk two laps, and the next day you walk three laps, because now you're setting aside time, you're prioritizing your day around you getting better. And uh, I think that's a lot of people want structure. A lot of people want 
you know, some type of routine, something, some way of them knowing that they are getting better today than they were yesterday. And, you know, on the podcast, I often talk, and you, you pointed it out, I often talk about the environment being the key. So with most humans, willpower isn't going to work. You have to put yourself in an environment that then requires a certain behavior for that to change your mindset, for that to then push you forward. Me stepping into this environment, eventually muscle-ups became the norm. Before mm-hmm. I came through this door, that was a superhuman skill that, you know, my mind was fixed. Like, oh, I'm 38 years old. I can't, I can't do that. And I remember the first time I did one, Jess was maybe more excited than me. Yeah. Probably not, but visually yeah. she was more excited than me. So I come into this environment and, and it drives change. So through this podcast, I'm trying to help people change their environment. So I've put a, a, a fitness challenge on for May. Um, I've challenged myself to run 100 miles, 5,000 push-ups, 5,000 big smile on your face, 5,000 sit-ups, 5,000 squats. Um, I, I'll do it. I know that I'll do it, but I know it will be painful. Um, a lot of people have joined me on this because I'm yeah. just kind of average and they feel kind of comfortable with You're not average. Well, I, you know, compared to, to certain, mm. but more, more perceivable as average to, to these people than maybe some of the adverts you see on TV mm. with Zac Efron, Six Pack, etc. So I put this challenge up and a lot of people have actually joined. So I'm excited and, and now I have to do it. Yeah. What, what advice can you, can you give to them? I, I have a couple of friends who, who back home, 39, 40 years old, you know, kids, wife, and they were the f- good friends that I've been to high school and college with. And they were the first to reply and say, I'm in, I'm in, I need this, I need this. I'm 100% in. What, what advice can you, can you give to those to, to help them through this fitness challenge that we're doing? Don't think about the end goal. Okay. Think about what you got to do today to get where you want to be. I, I was sitting uh, next to Dave Castro, you know, the CrossFit Games uh, yeah, yeah. director. And we were out there doing the doing the um, the athlete briefing before the day one of events. They always took us out to dinner, and they would they would tell us what events we got to do. And I got to sit beside Dave, and and I'll never forget. Like I was talking to him because he was a Navy SEAL, and if you look at him, you'd be like, hey, that guy was not a Navy SEAL, but he is one mentally tough guy. Yeah. Like he's not one guy that you want to mess with. And we were sitting there just having a conversation, and he was like, you know, the games is just all about just making it to the next event. You know, a lot of people think about the games as one big weekend. And he said, hell week was that way too. Like you think about the mm-hmm. holes, Navy SEALs training, everybody, if you looked at it in this broad general timeline that you would never be successful because you'll be like, you'll be overwhelmed with it. Yeah. The only thing he ever wanted to do while he was doing sales training was just make it to lunch. Yeah. That was like his goal. Just make it to lunch. Just make it to lunch. Yeah. Just make it to the next lunch. And instead of looking at it like, oh, I got to run 100 miles. I've only done four. I have 96 miles left. To yeah, do. yeah. And if you've noticed, like, while I'm coaching a class, you might have like 100 burpees. And I'll be like, oh, you've got 19 done. You only have 20, 81 more to go. Like, I'll intentionally say that to people to get in their minds. Because, one, they usually laugh about it. So now it's kind of like breaking the monotony and breaking yeah. the seriousness of it. So now they start to enjoy themselves more. And then – it kind of gives them a different perspective on it because um, they might be trying to be positive, but then all of a sudden you got a negative 
something negative coming at you, but they'll still fight through that and make it happen, and then they get better. Yeah, yeah. It may seem like a jerk as a coach doing that, <laughs> but it, I think it lightens up the mood, and they and they learn that it's just a number. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's not this mountain that they got to climb up. Because I think – we might be going down the rabbit hole. I think people have these perceived expectations, like you're 100 miles, 5,000 push-ups, 5,000 sit-ups. Man, that's a really hard challenge for a lot of people. But we have these mountains that we make it. And how high of a mountain do you make that? Do you make it like a little hill or do you make it a big mountain that's like your Mount Everest that you can't get to the top? It's funny you say that because the mountain for me was the time it's going to take. Mm -hmm. I see the most valuable resource in the world as time. And I think right now I've never ever had as much time to do things that I want to do. So it's a positive almost from this coronavirus. Yeah. This coronavirus is a negative situation. I'm not, you know, people are dying, people are losing money. But a positive that I can take out of it is I have time. So I started a few new projects and I looked at this and I worked out that time-wise to, to do this over 30 days is minuscule. Right. Minuscule impact right. on my life. How If I sleep eight hours, I'm awake another what's that, 16 hours, um, of that 16 hours, I'm going to spend maybe an hour and a half a day doing this. It's right. a small percentage. It's a very small percentage. So that's how I mentally came to, actually, it sounds a lot, and my legs are probably going to ache a bit, and my chest is definitely going to ache, yeah. but time-wise is what's important to me, and, and I can sacrifice I can sacrifice that time. That's not sacrificing, man. That's investment. Yeah, true. Yeah, that's, that's a better way. Yeah, 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 that's absolutely. investment in yourself. Because yeah. when you get done with this, then when you get done with this challenge and the next big thing that happens in your life, you'll be like, you know what? I did 100 miles, 5,000 push-ups, 5,000 sit-ups, 5,000 squats in a month. I, this is yeah, like I can what? brush it off. And it, it's funny you say that because I, I use the word sacrifice. But when people tell me, when people ask me, hey, how much do you pay to go to CrossFit every month? I say, I don't pay. I invest. invest. Yeah. It's an investment, man. And, it, and it's, it, it, honestly, I think it might be the best money I've, I've, ever, I've yeah. ever spent. Uh, like, I've listened to some of your podcasts and like you always talk about the environment. And I'm not saying that our gym is better, like the environment's better. And you talk about like the skill level of people in our gym and the fitness. We have everyday folks that come in, but it's not, it's not our expectations that their fitness level be to a certain degree in mm-hmm. human in human fitness It's you come in, you do your best. We expect your best. We want your best. And if you don't, if you can't give us your best, then generally those people, they, they quit Yeah. because they see that other people come in every day, regardless of their fitness level and they give their absolute best. And that makes a lot of people uncomfortable. And unless you come in with the right mindset, of you like going to have to give your best every day it shows really quick and a lot of people thrive in that environment or a lot of people uh, cowered away from that environment oh man and it's it's all about the people you surround yourself with you're the sum of the five people you surround yourself with yeah and people that come to our gym they go to their jobs which most of them you know they have one or two friends like in their things then they come here and then they go home so those other two to three, four relationships in their lives that are positive, that are, you know, that are meaningful for them, usually come from in the gym. It, it's unbelievable and you it's said a, that. And it shows, it, it like breeds that way. I got asked the other day, um, I was in like a panel discussion on, on Instagram or something like that. 
And I got asked the other day who like my sporting influences or heroes are. And you know, the f and I didn't give the answer because people wouldn't know. Uh, Meg, Whitney and Julie were the first three people that came into my mind yeah. because that's who I do CrossFit with. And, and, and they are these amazing women that have had kids that are professionals and that come in here and just crush it and crush me on a daily basis. Yeah. I think Meg was four and a half, five months pregnant when we were doing a burpee wall ball workout and she beat me. I don't know how, I like, I, I don't know how that happened, but she beat me. And yeah. you know, I, I recall the, and, and I, and I thrive in that environment now, but I do recall when I first came here, I was nervous. And remember I used to yeah. bring Eric and oh. Eric used to be petrified. Yeah. But you've got to, it, it, that's not a reflection on CrossFit. That's not a reflection on the gym. That's a reflection on how the human mind works. We're, yeah, that's, the, that's just perceived nervousness. That's just the person right there just being nervous, giving themselves these false, these false like perceptions around them. Whenever people really don't care. They don't. Not who you are or where, I mean, they care who you are, but there, there's only one reason why you're there, and that's to get better. And everybody around you knows that. They're not going to judge the time that you get because you finished the workout or you're doing the workout. That's more than 99% yeah, yeah. of the other people yeah. that are not doing yeah. what we're doing. And, you know, your brain, it, 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 your brain doesn't know it's CrossFit. Your brain just knows you're going into a, a situation that you are slightly uncomfortable with, like crossing a busy road or climbing up a tall ladder you're designed to get these nerves so that you and you ask yourself the question hey are you are you sure about this and for those people that like me that answered yeah i'm sure about this it's just crossfit come on let's go you're not crossing a road you're not going to die when you learn to answer your brain with come on it's just crossfit just go or it's just the gym just go then it then you start to push through those um nerves those negative feelings and eventually for me now it's habit mm. i i can't i can't yeah. not come here now right i remember getting up in the middle of a business meeting with my investor at 11 57 and he's like where are you going i said i'm going to crossfit because i'll be better in the afternoon and i'll be terrible if i don't go yeah see you yeah yeah we, we no longer work together yeah. so <laughs> <laughs> made him feel better he didn't um, like it so couple Two more quick things. Uh, I ask everyone, because everyone who comes on this show is a, generally they're a lifelong learner, they're a reader. Um, so I always like to recommend to the, the podcast listener something that you've read that impacted your life or even watched like a motivational talk or a TED talk that's impacted your life that you could recommend to them. And this is that time when you, you had a hundred books in your brain earlier and now you can't even think of one. Uh, no, there's, there's a few of them out there. But there's um there's one video that's always been like impactful that I've watched several times. It's a documentary on ESPN, and it was not a it was not some crazy speaker that anybody's ever heard of. It's just like this little kid from like South Carolina, and he was a runner, and his name was Ben, and uh, he had um, what did he have? Is either MS or, or uh, cerebral palsy, and they told him that he couldn't run. They told him he can't mm -hmm. he can't do anything, to, and all he wanted to do. And he's like, well, maybe I can run, and so he started joining the cross country team. And uh, 
I think his senior year, like he never came close to winning the match, but he finally made the varsity team. And I can't even remember if he made state or not, but it was an ESPN documentary. I'm trying to think the name of it. I'll still look it up. But I just know it's ESPN documentaries, Ben. And it's like 20, 30 minutes long. It's a great documentary. Just this kid that overcomes a lot of adversity. And he's not looking for praise. He's not looking for anything else. He's just like, this is just what I wanted to do. Yeah. And that's what he went to go. And he just went out and did it. And that, that resonated with me because I kind of like, when I opened up the gym, it's what I wanted to go do. So I just went and did it. Yeah. And I really didn't have a plan. I suck at business still. And it's kind of like a lifelong learning thing. But uh, if I could re if I could do it over again, I would definitely change a lot of systems up. But they uh, that just uh, it always resonates with me, like sticking with that guy and just doing it and figuring it out. As, yeah, uh, yeah. As I go along. Well, one one more question I have for you: the the fifty k mountain run that yeah. you did. Tell us a, tell us a little bit about that. So my buddy and I, we were like, man, let's do something extreme, and this is like November. <laughs> maybe Thanksgiving and uh, we were thinking about it. We we're like, we got triathlons and I was like, man, I don't know if I really have that much time to train and plus it's months away. And for an Ironman, it's just a lot of money. And then I said, like, what about a 50 K? Why don't we just do an ultra race? And so we looked one up and it was like the end of January. And so we literally had like two months of training for it. <laughs> And we just signed up for it right then. It was a Mountain Mist 50K, and it was in the mountains of Huntsville. And there, there was a there was a kind of incident where they were umming and ahhing about if they were going to let you do it. Is that Yeah, correct? so we signed up for it, and part of their prerequisites is like you had to complete like, like a marathon or another ultra-endurance race. And so I called them up, and I was like, hey, you know, you just want to do the race. And they were like, well, have you done one before? And we said no. And – the guy was like, well, you need to go do a race. And I said, trust me, we'll finish the race. <laughs> so then it, was, it became like a personal mission right then to disprove this guy. And I was like, no, we're going to finish the race. We're going to beat a lot of people. Doing it. So Rodney and I, we got together and we trained once a week on a Saturday. And we're like, we're just going to increase the volume. So we went to Kennesaw Mountain. The first week we ran three miles. The second week we ran six. Then we ran nine. Then we did a 12-mile loop. And then we did the 16 or 17 mile loop. And that took us like three and a half hours and we were hurting. And uh, we eventually, we just looked at each other and said, that's our last bit of running we're going to do. It's like, we can run this far, we can do the race. And so we, we did a few more runs after that, but mainly like six or nine mile runs. And then the day of the race comes, and I tell people this mindset all the time. It's kind of like you just have a, a, you have a mind, like a flip, a switch in your mind. And you just say, this is my life. No matter what happens, this is my life right now. And so they said, go. And we had a time, we had a time frame of six and a half to seven hours that we wanted to finish it. And we knew by one of our runs that we made the mistake on that if we tried to keep like a, eight and a half we we came out hot on that 17 mile run we did at Kennesaw Mountain yeah our first three miles was like an eight minute mile seven and a half minute mile oh pace God. going up going, going up, up the mountain and I've run that mountain yeah the mountain's no joke no that's like that's for me yeah it's about 12 minute 13 minutes yeah, yeah we were flying yeah. and uh side note a friend of mine that's a Navy SEAL joined us and he just joined us for that run <laughs> he called me that Wednesday and he was like hey what are you doing this Saturday and I was like Oh, we're going to go run 17, 16, 17 miles. It's like, cool. I'll meet you there. Like, and he doesn't run at all. And he Jeez. went and ran it with us. That's mental toughness. Yeah. 
but he uh we ran the we came out hot the first 5k and then we kind of kept a good pace for the for the next 5k but then we hit the back side of the mountain going back up and we just absolutely died so we knew in the race that we needed to keep like a 12 to 13 minute mile pace just to be sustainable mm. for that long and so uh we took off running and then our first like our first 18 miles we crushed it i mean we were passing folks i mean we were doing really good getting in other groups meeting people and then after the first marathon rodney he's very he's a very good athlete and really good aerobic guy and he has like 40 pounds less than me to run with so i'm gonna <laughs> go with that my i just i started going through a lot of pains i ate a lot of sugar my stomach was not prepared for that so i was having some some uh, intestinal issues <laughs> so i told rodney i was like dude just go man and i was by myself for see 26 to 30 the last six miles i might have passed or been passed by like four people and so it was just me by myself walking mm -hmm. through these woods in excruciating pain not only was my stomach hurting then after i leave myself in the woods <laughs> my knee started hurting and then my ankle started hurting wow and man. then I could feel like my body. I know when I get to like exhaustion in my body because things start to, it just feels weird. Like you start to develop this in tune, you know, relationship. And I could tell like I'm going downhill fast. And uh, so I just remember just like, just keep walking, just keep walking, going up this mountain. I was like, just keep walking up the mountain one step. And, and I was like, next round, no, around the next turn, there's got to be somebody. Well, there wasn't. And then I go to the next turn, and there wasn't nobody there. Oh. there was no, so it was just like this mental grind for the last, like, six miles. And then when we got done, there was literally, like, ten people there at the finish line. But my son was there, and that made it cool. But he didn't even realize what was going on. He just said, Daddy. And just <laughs> like, he wasn't proud. Like, there was no – I don't know. It was really – it was really – it was a personal moment for me because there was nobody there to like celebrate with. I didn't invite a bunch of people up yeah. there. You know, Jessica was there with Carson, but Jessica, it takes a lot to impress her. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she was yeah. like, why are you walking across the line? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it was not getting much there, but they gave us our medal. Rod and I took a picture and we drove home that night and I went to the fire station to work that next morning. And then the guys at the fire station were like, you're going to be worth the crap the next day. So I intentionally worked out at the fire station in front of those guys nice. the next day. Well, there's, there's got to be some weird analogy in there. Like life is a mountain and it's going to throw shit at you. And well, no matter I, what happens, you've got to push always on always tell, There's a couple of things I always tell people. One is like, don't, don't, make the, um, don't make the task a mountain in front of you make it a hill. Like whenever you look at a mountain, it looks impossible. But if you look at a hill, you're like, I can make it up the hill. And I think a lot of that thing goes into that. And then the other one, we talked about this earlier was uh, the average person. Like you keep considering yourself the average person. I don't think that you're near an average person. The average person is sitting at home, uh, not doing anything. I mean, that's by statistical data. Yeah, it's a sad reflection it's on a, the average. Yeah, it's yeah. a sad, our average keeps getting lower and lower and lower instead yeah. of getting better and better and better. And our, and I always tell people why be average, Yeah, you know, like in the middle of a workout, they'll be like, Oh man, I wasn't, that was just a mediocre time. My time was okay. I was like, no, you're above average. Like you're not, the average person is not doing this. So why would you ever think of yourself as average? Yeah. And, and, and again, you come back to the environment in here. And I think I've had the chance when I turn up for class, 
and there's no one here and you're the coach <laughs> and you're like oh hey buddy just me and you today let's work out and my heart sinks and I get a stitch even before the workout starts yeah. but yeah you're right I'm, I'm not average because I, I watch you in those workouts and I complete those workouts and I feel I feel great after those workouts I'm not you know I'm not comparing myself to you but again it's that environment just like oh man, I'm about to work out with a CrossFit Games athlete. How cool is this? And or then the, I just let everything go. Yeah, or the environment's like, hey man, let's just go work out. Yeah. And then you just put yourself out there and you'll put, you mm -hmm. put in a great workout and you just go that way. I think that's, that right there is like a key for the right mindset for your buddies and uh, for anybody that's working out. You just find somebody that they just want to train and you just say, hey, let's go run. And you just take off and just you go, go run. It. I know it sounds way easier than what that, like I'm saying it, but it honestly is that easy. If you just go and find some of the right Not, community, you yeah. find the right people to surround yourself with. Hey, man, what time are we training today? And you just tell them the time, and then you meet up, and you train, and then you go on about your life. I think that's a perfect place to leave it because that's what I want to do with this fitness challenge. So I'm going to use this podcast to hopefully inspire uh, a few more people to come and join me, build challenges, and, and then through the month of May, we'll, we'll just go run. Just go work Just out. Just go work out, man. Where, where, where can people find you if you want to give a quick shout out to your uh, social media? CrossFitBound.com is the best way. Uh, CrossFitBound on Instagram uh, is a good place to follow us. I have a personal Instagram account. I don't post as much as I should, but it's CFB uh, Coach BP. CFB underscore Coach BP. Most of that stuff on there is my son, my son and I fishing or, you know, every now and then I'll post a workout video up. And um, other than that, Email Brandon at CrossFitBound.com. I think people will generally find your Instagram handle laughing at me on my Instagram handle that listens to this podcast. It pops <laughs> up quite a few times. So you, you'll, you'll see that one on there. You'll yeah. find you on there. Yeah. Thanks, dude. Appreciate Thank you, buddy. It. Thanks, man. You've just taken a step forward to making a positive change in your life. That's right. You're one step closer to leaving frustration, stress, and anxiety behind. This was the Beyond the Mind podcast. Let's apply some positive change into your world. Into your world.